I don't know why I'm like expecting you to react and you're just like dead. I'm <laughs> listening. I'm taking it in. Okay. You're like surprise and you're like <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm waiting for the rest of the story. <laughs> Welcome back to the Shaken Not Scared podcast. Here with you as always, your hosts, Eric and Vivi. Today we're going to be talking about the 1978 movie, Dawn of the Dead, directed by George A. Romero. Why are you looking at me like that? Like what? Like that. But before we get started, why are you looking at me like that? You trying to fight? How are you? Apparently violent. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 9.30. And we're like chugging caffeine to, to make it through this. But I'm excited because we have the rest of September planned and October planned. Like we mentioned, September is going to be zombie month. So we have the next two movies picked out. But keep an eye on our Twitter because we're probably going to put a poll up. We can't decide between Zombieland or Army of the Dead being the movie to close out the month. So Never seen Army of the Dead. Not sure if it should be the end of our zombie month. But let us know. I do like Zombieland, though. That's all I can offer. <laughs> <laughs> I like Zombieland, too, because it's the only one I've watched. I haven't seen Zombieland, too, actually. It was very recent that it came out, right? Like, during the pandemic? Yeah. I don't even know how it did. I thought it did good. I did want to see it. I thought it was strange because it was, like, so many years later for a sequel to come out. Did we mention what we're doing for October yet? No. We thought it'd be fun to revisit the first few movies that kicked off this podcast. But do the sequels, because we have not seen any of them. No. Probably growing up, I saw, like, Halloween 2 and... They are always on TV during Halloween. Actually, remember, during our wedding, Friday the 13th 2 was on, but I did not pay attention. We just had it on in the background, because, you know... We did? Relaxing background noise. Yes. It was the night before we got married, for real. Oh, I was about to say this time or last time? <laughs> <laughs> or the time before that, or the time before that. We should just stop. Like, we should make a roll. We need to stop talking about our weddings. Okay. Because we talk about them every time well it's the only thing that we have to look forward to getting married over and over and over over again (laughs) cool ready for creepy content oh sure do you have more than what i have because i only have what we watched last night i also only have what we watched last night. okay cool yeah because i wrote down both of us just have this but you always watch stuff during the day so i wasn't sure if i just have been and i this is horrifying i don't know if it's creepy i've just been watching svu law and order svu like religiously during work I guess that counts as creepy content. I mean, it is pretty creepy. It's like true crime, right? It is true crime. It's one of those shows that my mom always used to just have on the background all day. So I'm like, this is background noise. But then I'm like drawn into what I'm watching. But let's talk about what we actually watched. The Netflix film, The Old Ways. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good compared to like La La Curse. La Curse. (laughs) The Curse of La Llorona. It wasn't amazing, but I think it was probably more accurate than anything we saw in that huge Hollywood movie. In case you haven't seen it. Quick overview. It's basically about this woman who's a journalist and goes investigates this cave in her hometown where she is originally from i don't know if it ever says the name of the town they keep calling the cave la La boca Boca. but the town is veracruz mexico oh okay mexico mexico the main point of the movie is she ends up getting possessed in that cave the entire film is basically like an exorcism film one she doesn't even believe that she's possessed which it seems plays into this demon's history they make you start to doubt yourself and they start to make you feel empty and not realize what the truth is you're on both fronts of is there something happening or not you don't really see evidence because they keep saying we see something in you and it's until later that you start seeing some revealed things yeah along with the main character this movie is not great but it's 
it's not terrible. Like no. it, you, it has so much potential. There are things that I liked about it, but the acting of the main girl, the others did well. I think that. I don't even know if it was her acting or the dialogue was just so bad that not even a good actor could like do anything. It's oh. so vague. I don't like a certain thing that happens, and I'm like, this is not how this would have gone. I think in real life, where she kind of like takes over, because then that would imply that anybody who went through this would technically have the ability to take over too. You get possessed and now you're bruja. I think it implies <laughs> that because she has the history of it with her mother and she like hasn't let go of that and then she herself gets possessed. Her family has this history of possession. Why wouldn't they also have a history of like dealing with it? Was possessed, not a bruja. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make <laughs> sense of it. That also makes me think that I could be a Or you possessed? My great grandpa was uh, I mean, you could have. Why didn't you learn? He was a witch doctor, apparently. Why by some learn? accounts. Huh? Why didn't you learn? I didn't know my great grandpa. We could have been making bucks <laughs> <laughs> if they would have passed this on. Well, I've told you that maybe I do have some manifestation powers. You do be having good luck. Yeah. Parking. That's about it. Yeah, no, the film, it's like one of those things like we said with La Llorona it's cool to see parts of our culture in these movies but I don't think they're done right and who are we to know either because yeah. I was watching it and I was like this could be wrong this could be right and I don't know because I'm not that privy not to that. our history they were even speaking in Nahuatl and I was even telling you like she speaks the Spanish really bad I really can't imagine bad. she's doing that great at the Nahuatl either you know <laughs> I did think that the effects were really cool there were some really good effects except for when she pulls out the heart you could tell it's that was the one effect that took me out of it. The rest were decent. You don't often see demons of Mexican Low. culture. Yeah, and we've talked about that, how we like don't even know our own deities and demons. I don't know if you saw it in the Necronomicon, basically, because there's a book that shows pictures of the demons, but there was also Siwako'u. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, nice. I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, I caught it. I was thinking, like, maybe that's where they're going, but then they picked up I thought that's one. where they were going. While the movie has potential, it dragged on. It was only an hour and a half, and it felt so much longer than it was. It did. It was like like 15 minutes left and we're like you could have ended the movie here already it's worth checking out though if yeah. you like demonology and learning more i guess about other cultures Mexican demons. what's next next is this shot that you've prepared for us what do you got when we decided to do dawn of the dead i was like wait isn't that the blue zombies like very iconically they're like the only blue zombies and it was so i'm calling this shooter i made just a blue face zombie perfect why not do you want to try it and tell yeah. me what you think Cheese. Cheese. I think it's going to be sweet. Just FYI. This one's too full. Coconutty. What's it got? It has Eric's favorite. Blue Caracal. Oh, I thought you were going to say vodka. No. <laughs> Accidentally, because this film makes some problematic statements about Puerto Rico. It's kind of like a pina colada because it's rum and coconut cream. I put dark rum, coconut rum, creme de coconut, and blue caraca. Oh, I like it. It's very coconutty. It does not taste like what it looks like. I thought it was going to taste more pina colada-y. This is good. It's good. You actually like it? Yeah. What would you rate it? Four. four. I'd give it a four too. It's a really easy shooter. It's not like <laughs> a straight alcohol. Yeah. The coconut is Makes the only thing I taste. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You taste the rum afterwards a little bit. You said there's problematic statements about Puerto Rico? Yeah. Are well, they? Puerto Rican people, because they say that they hate them, and then they say they hate them with another group of people, and then they have someone in blackface. Oh, was this all the beginning? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I just focused on the problematic statement about 
African American. African American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it it was about a few groups of people. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that, I guess. I got fun facts, and these are actually pretty decent. Some of them actually lead into each other too. So Dario Argento, famous for Suspiria, Love had a that. hand to play in helping get Dawn of the Dead made. Romero was tentative to create another film after Night of the Living Dead was so successful, and after getting a few ideas, after getting a tour from one of his friends who owned a mall. Argento offered to help pay for the film and even let him work on the script in Rome. That's awesome. At the mall, what triggered his idea was that he saw some crawl spaces and started to think like, ooh, what if people were trapped in a mall? What's it like to be creative and just <laughs> think of those things? We'd be doing that for the show. We see a bottle on the screen, we're like, oh, that, Drink. we should use that. That's yeah. just being alcoholics. Also probably has something to do with the reason the blood is that hard red we see in Jalo films. Yeah, the blood is made up using peanut butter, syrup, and food coloring. Peanut butter is so random, but that's probably what gives it its thickness. <laughs> its thickness. <laughs> that's true. If Argento had his hand in it, he's known for that bright red blood in his films. No, I didn't see outright anywhere that said he said do that. Maybe it's like a nod. A nod to We me. do see a lot of nods to certain things in, in this movie. That mall that they filmed in was also actually a mall. It's the mall that he toured with his friends. <laughs> so they let him film during the nighttime. When they heard the music kick on in the morning, it was like around 7 o'clock, that meant it's time to stop filming mm -hmm. and then get ready for the next day. Many of the effects were also thought of on the same day that they were filmed. Savini, who was newer still to his identity as master of special effects, was given all the freedom to basically do whatever he wanted on the film. So a lot of the effects you can tell are super crazy. Apparently the screwdriver was one of the ones he thought of on the same day where it goes through the ear. I pointed out that that was like such a slow <laughs> shot too. Last but not least, there was an alternative ending to the film that was much darker than what we got where Peter actually does end up killing himself. Mm. Surprise! Francine also kills herself. <laughs> She would have killed herself by getting her head chopped off by the helicopter blades. Ugh. Which, what a way to die. Like, one of the first zombies. At least that was a zombie. Yeah. Imagine doing that because you want to. Hardcore. Savinia had even made the prop head and ended up being used for the exploding head in the apartment early in the film. Now uh, I feel like <laughs> I don't know how to react because you're saying I don't have good reactions. I wasn't saying you don't have good reactions. You just weren't reacting No, I was waiting for the end. <laughs> if you would have finished with, the, with her head chopped off by the helicopter, I would have been like, ugh. Her head fell. <laughs> yes. Actually, I didn't write this one down, but speaking of heads falling off, Savini's friend, who was the zombie who gets his head chopped off in the beginning because mm -hmm. he had a low brow. <laughs> yeah, he had a small forehead. So that's why he's like, yeah, he, he could do it. You'd be great for getting your head chopped off. What are friends for? I don't know if you came across this in your fun facts, but we had a really hard time finding where to watch this movie. And that's because the rights of this movie are like disputed. They're like all over the place, right? Yeah, like so many people feel like they have a stake in this movie. Romero was so burned from Night of the Living Dead because that movie went into the public domain. So he didn't have the rights to his super successful movie. So I could see why you'd be like hesitant. I didn't read like too much into the details, but it made sense because we could not find it anywhere on streaming. If you wanted to buy it, it was like 50 bucks. <laughs> I wonder if Argento having a hand in it had something to do with that because I also saw that there were some changes made across the world with the types of releases where some were edited to keep things out, some were edited to keep things in. Apparently Argento in the Italian version left out some jokes that didn't make sense in Italian culture. In the US it was released unrated because the MPAA, I think that's like that the rating. Movies. We should know like, this, we have a movie podcast. <laughs> they were like, you need to remove a bunch of stuff, if not we're going to make this an X rating and they were like, fuck it and released 
wasted anyways. Which is crazy because I feel like it's kind of tamed by today's standards. It's because of all the gore, apparently. I mean, it is pretty gory, but yeah, it could be gorier, I guess. Maybe I'm just desensitized from all the stuff that we've watched. Kill shots in the beginning when they're in that apartment are pretty gruesome. Like the just straight on kick the door down, blow a head off. Kind oh, of yeah, that was bad. Well, also the super racist dude at the beginning. I'd call that pretty bad. <laughs> That's what should give this movie a rated <laughs> X. <laughs> and all the, the racism face. and the blackface. Or brown face, whatever it was. Whatever it was, it was not okay. No. Because, yeah. like you pointed out, there are black actors in this film. Why couldn't you just have one of them play that role? It doesn't make sense. I'm pretty sure it was brown face because it was a white dude. It looked like a white man. Paint on him. Anyway, we'll get to We'll get to that. <laughs> it's your turn to do a speed run. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you ready? What happened in this movie? Two hours. Two hours. In one minute. Ready? No. Okay. I'm going to do what you did to me on the last one. I, I didn't realize until I was editing that you were just like, go. And <laughs> didn't count down. Okay. Go. So we open on this scene. Um, The zombie apocalypse is already happening and it's a newsroom and everyone's like, what the fuck do we do? Do we keep the news going or not? And they're like, no. Um, This dude comes down and tells the girl, Francine, that like, we got to go. And for some reason we follow like racist cops and there's these two cops that also leave and get to this chopper. It, the four of them <laughs> decide to uh, go flying until they find a safe place and that safe place is the mall and then they hold up in a mall for like the entire fucking movie and then these bikers come in and try to break into the mall and disrupt their happy peace francine's also pregnant and then like two of the dudes end up dying in francine and pete just escape on the helicopter that was the worst (laughs) (laughs) the worst but i did it right What was wrong about that? There was so much missing. Honestly not, because they're in the mall, like, setting up their survival for, like, an hour and a half of this movie. That's true. When you were saying it's going to be hard to cover this because it's a two-hour movie packed into however long our show is. Yeah. You guys don't know that they're usually two hours and I have to edit to 45 minutes. Life sucks. (laughs) But it's going to be easy because, yeah, it's just that. Quarantine life in the mall. Which is what we said. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Thanks, Thanks for not making us take a shot. Let's take a shot. Anyway. I'm going to do it Because anyway, you prepped them in advance. I did. I just made an extra one in case I failed. This feels counterintuitive to our show. We have to take advantage of all this good energy you have today. People are going to say we need alcohol to have a good time on our show. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking we should do dry January and like that month on the podcast do mocktails. For because the, For the folks who don't drink. For the folks that don't drink, but also we do dry January after the holidays because it's just a really fattening time. For the kids who listen as well. Hi, Shayla. <laughs> I don't think your mom should let you listen to this, actually. <laughs> My cousin Marcos. How old is he? He's older, though. He's a, He's teen. a teenager. There's a bunch of kids who listen to this, I know for sure. <laughs> oh, no. We are definitely not kid-friendly. Like when we were at my cousin's quinceanera and they were like, what's that movie you wanted us to watch? And I was like, Sleepaway Camp. No! (laughs) When you said that, I was like, don't show that movie. My uncle texted me and he's like, hey, you know, your your little cousins, they want to, they don't remember what movie it was. Could you send me the name? And I was like, oh, fuck. Did you send it to him? Oh my God, they're (laughs) never going to ask you for a movie recommendation. No, they said that it was crazy. I mean, it is a crazy movie. But they like that stuff, so it's cool. Hey, I was a literal child when I watched these movies with Nellie and Johnny. Got to Gotta sleep continue that trend. I don't remember. Maybe. I blocked it out of my memory. <laughs> now, do you give an overview? Oh, yeah. I summarized. No, these are reviews. Never mind. <laughs> oh, my God. I was able to sit only through the first 13 minutes. Bro, those are like the worst minutes of the movie. Yeah, nothing happens except racism. So, as hordes of zombies swarm over the U.S., the terrified populace tries everything in their power to escape the attack of the undead. But neither cities nor the country provide prove safe, not provide safe. <laughs> 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 provide safe. Nothing provides safe. I've had two shots. 
<laughs> and I already feel it. <laughs> Why use many words when, <laughs> when few you words do, do job? job. <laughs> in Pennsylvania, radio station employees. It says Stefan, but I thought his name was Steve. Well, Steven? oh, you can read Steven, Steven with a PH. Steven and his girlfriend, Francine, escape in the station helicopter accompanied by two renegade SWAT members, Roger and Pete. I wondered how they were friends and they all just got in one. I wondered how they knew Francine and Steven. I think, Did Steven I think Roger and Roger know each other. Okay. When he's showing up to the helicopter, they look at Peter and are like, the fuck? Roger's like, no, he's cool. His name's Peter. Don't worry about it. That makes more sense. The group retreats to the haven of an enclosed shopping center to make what could be humanity's last stand. I just realized that the music is also by the goblins. Oh, very good. The goblins also have a hand in how this movie was distributed. <laughs> Probably. Everyone does. Not as iconic as Suspiria's music is, though. I didn't really pay attention to the music. Suspiria, you have to pay attention Which? to it. Yeah. Also, those who said that this inspired Shaun of the Dead, I did not see it. Honestly, you could say that about any zombie movie that came before 2004 how many zombie movies came out before 2004 oh fucking i didn't know that zack snyder also directed... has a hand in dawn of the dead <laughs> well he does because he directed 2004's dawn of the dead oh really apparently zack snyder is the reason that the zombie genre didn't die in 2004 which ridiculous what? have you seen Shaun of the dead right that came out the same year so he remade a movie and he's the reason it's not dead yeah trash Cool, but I'm pretty sure there was a ton of other zombie films. I think Day of the Dead's the one where like the zombies talk. There's like a leader zombie and it's like got a gun. There's warm bodies if you want some romantic zombie com. A romantic comedy. It's like Twilight, but for zombies. Mm. <laughs> Let's dive into Let's it then. Let's get into it. This whole beginning scene is chaotic, true to how it would actually be. Because it's the news station. Francine works there. Doesn't really know what to do. Her and this other person are talking about, well, what do we do? It's a zombie outbreak. Do we stop broadcasting? It seems like they're fighting about whether to continue or not. They turn off the broadcast and then someone is like fighting them to turn it back on. That's when we get introduced to Steven. And Steven goes to Francine and he's like, hey, there will be a helicopter waiting for you at 9 o'clock. Be there. We'll be square. And this other dude's like, fuck it. Don't worry about it. Just go. We're going to be stop broadcasting at like 12 anyway. That hey. is the gist of the whole opening scene. They're also talking about declaring martial law, which I think is why we get immediately introduced to the SWAT team that has this man who's racist as hell. Leading them. Yeah. is very clearly like guns ablazing. Trigger I don't give happy. A shit who we kill. They do get an order that because they're in martial law, they can basically shoot on site this ever. man has been waiting for this his entire career we get awful comments about people of color in a building he specifically says they're puerto rican and african-american people and then he starts going in and shooting them on site we get a pretty awful scene of him just like bursting through a door and shooting someone's head off it's to the point where Roger is trying to fight his own commander because he's just gone crazy. Yeah, he's just kicking doors down and trying to go in and just fire at anybody on site. The building is infested with zombies, but also there are still civilians in there that are not undead yet. This guy is insane. The guy who we later find out is Peter, is wearing like a gas mask, is behind everybody and then just fires on this racist SWAT guy. As Roger is trying to get him to stop shooting. When he shoots him down, they've also entered a room full of zombies. It's more more chaos the rest of the SWAT team has gone in there to shoot these zombies but they still don't really understand what's going on we get the scene of another SWAT member shooting himself 
because of what he's seen. Kind of unclear. Well, I'm sure it's difficult because these guys are running into a world that they've never had training for, right? On the opposite end of the super racist, trigger-happy guy, you also have people who are like, oh my god, I'm, I'm killing people. I don't even know if they're dead. They're not dead. They're also talking about all the typical stuff we hear in zombie movies yes. that is destroy the brain, sever the head. Kind of reminds me of War of the Worlds where the radio broadcast is like the only thing that's keeping people informed. The scientists themselves are still trying to understand what's going on, but then you have these people who are off the rocker and just given like misinformation. Gee, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, all these zombie apocalypse movies feel very different after having lived through a pandemic. Yeah, I know we make that point every time, but it really does. But it really does. Like, if you haven't seen a zombie movie, go watch one right now. Right fucking now. And tell me it's not a similar feeling. Last episode, we talked about somebody spewing like, oh, that's just fake news. This one we're talking about misinformation. Being trapped inside. Quarantining. Roger, after having tried to tackle his commander, ends up going to the basement of this apartment to have a cigarette. And that's where Peter comes in and he's like, you're not alone here. And he's aimed the gun at him. He's like, you're from this squad, right? Roger immediately is like, I don't know who killed him. I didn't see anything. I don't give a fuck. Peter then lowers the gun and they share a cigarette. And that's when we get this scene of a priest coming out of one of the rooms in the basement, basically explaining a couple people have died and they kept them in the cellar locked up because he gave them their last rites, but they're still alive. They go in and see what looks like a barbed wire fence inside the cellar i don't understand if someone's been feeding them because they're <laughs> chewing on food or they just started eating each other because there's no other food source. no so just flashing forward someone mentions on the radio the zombies are not cannibals because cannibalism implies eating something of one's own kind and, and they the zombies only... don't eat each other this is like the first instance that we see of how slow they are because they're all sitting there trying to struggle to get up and reach them. They have so much time to load their guns and get rid of them. Steven goes to where the helicopter is waiting. He realizes that the guy who is the operator is in his chair with his head eaten out and so oh. Francine shows up. Peter shows up with Roger and they let them on because he's like always with me. We get this whole overlap scene. I don't know, is this officially a Night of the Living Dead sequel? I don't think so, right? I don't believe it is. Or is it because it's like the night and then the dawn, which is the next morning. And the fun facts, it was referred to as the sequel, but I don't know if it's officially a sequel. I just know that in the trailer, it was like, you saw the night. Now see what happens at the dawn. Okay, so, so then it is. That's what the trailer said. First thing comes up, is Army of the Dead a sequel to Dawn of the Dead? No. No. Well, because Zack Snyder did both. So another zombie movie. Yeah. There are more sequels of George Romero. Romero went on to make five more dead movies. Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. Damn, we should have just done a Romero month. Is Day of the Dead the one we saw? The 80s one? With no, the, girl? the 80s one was Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead, okay. <laughs> Day of the Dead was 1985. Land of the Dead's 2005. Diary of the Dead's 2007. Oh, so Land of the Dead is the one I saw. Doesn't make sense to me because if Land of the Dead by Romero was done in 2005, but Zack Snyder did a remake for Dawn of the Dead in 2004... <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> the reason we bring this up is because the group flies over the countryside in a scene very reminiscent of Night of the Living Dead where they are going to save Ben and his group in the farmhouse. And there's a comment about how the rednecks are living for this, which is kind of what we see in Night of the Living Dead. You get a party shot of them living it up, chugging beers, just having a blast. Just, just shooting zombies slowly. <laughs> you don't really get an idea of how long they've been flying but they stop for gas.
gas and it seems like the tanks might be empty, but they get a little bit off of one of them. Steven's like, I'm going to go check out the hangar. Roger puts gas on the helicopter. Peter also goes into the actual shop. Steven and Francine go to that hangar. Peter finds a coffee machine where he has to do his own little grounds and it was out of order, right? Yes, and he hits it and it's those that pour the cup and then automatically pours the coffee. Let me tell you, (laughs) Steven and Francine are a little bit useless in this next scene. We like rewind (laughs) to shit because it was so stupid the way this pans out. They are attacked by one zombie. Steven is fighting to reach a hammer for the longest time. Francine is just standing there watching this unfold and a zombie is like... I don't know how many yards away from her, like a hundred yards away from her. And she's freaking out about that zombie that's like nowhere near her walking one mile per three hours. She doesn't even look confused on what to do. She's just kind of like, are you going to take care of that? (laughs) You're the man here. Is it to imply because they have money that they're just like, oh, don't really know how to handle themselves. In the helicopter, Peter makes fun of Steven because they're like, what's the plan? And Steven's like, well, we've got my limo at this other place. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. What else you got, dude? He's like, it's the fucking end of the world. We are thieves. We are scavengers. We don't go and do our little rich people shit. It could be that. I don't know because Francine ends up kind of being more useful or at least she's willing to learn to shoot and fly the helicopter and things like that. But in this particular scene, she's just kind of standing there. Steve does eventually reach the hammer and bashes the zombie's head in and then pushes Francine out of the way <laughs> dramatically, which we find out like later on that Francine's actually four months pregnant. So that is not a smart move at all. And then butts armpits with the other zombie that's like forever away. Like the way he hits the zombie, like nothing would have happened to the zombie. To be clear, he's trying to hit it with the hammer, but just flails at it. He, he does. Body. <laughs> Me and Eric try to like recreate how this would work, and it was just smacking arms. You know how it looks? It looks like when the Three Stooges try to hit each other. <laughs> <laughs> We're really focused on this scene, but it was like really bad. Yeah. We pan back to Peter in that office. He's fighting off two demon children. Peter is huge, so he's just handling the children. Literally just throwing and them. Like they're ragdolls. It's actually funny if you watch it, he throws the kids very gently. <laughs> oh, <it is. laughs> Yeah, you can tell the kids like did their stunts and he like did not hurt them. Want to hurt them? Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Steven and Francine run back to where they are. Peter's handling his children while he's trying to reload because he does shoot them. We've already seen that Romero doesn't care about like shocking scenes with children because the night of the living dead, he made a girl kill her parents. Yeah. So children are scary. Children are terrifying. <laughs> There's a zombie approaching the store. Steven's in the background and Peter dodges because he realizes that he's going to shoot the zombie and possibly hit him. Peter's pissed. He's like, what the hell? Next time, look at where you're going to shoot. Roger, while putting gas, sees this zombie that just stands up on top of these boxes. The chopper just cuts his head off and it just falls to the ground. <laughs> Another fun fact, Romero didn't give any direction on how to act. He was just like, act dead. And then let them all decide what that looks like. He wanted mm-hmm. to give them their own personality. I thought you were going to say he didn't give the main characters directions on how to act because <laughs> Roger just looks at it like, okay, huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a care of itself. It's not like you got to panic. I always panic. It's dead now. They make their way flying over this indoor shopping mall because <laughs> that's how you describe a mall. They see tons of zombies roaming around. Francine asks, what are they doing or why are they here? And I think it's Steven that says, the mall was important to them in their living state. They must be returning here out of muscle memory. And I thought this was meant to be like a commentary on capitalism because <laughs> not necessarily the 80s. This was 78, but 
weren't malls like the biggest deal ever around this time. Yeah, I would also say that it's a commentary on how brainless people are and how they kind of just go through their day to day. Like if we really were dead, would our bodies still want to do all those things? I thought about that and what it would look like for us. It would just be me hanging out in the <laughs> house because I work from home. You'd be on the living room with your phone in your hand. Sitting in front of a laptop. And then I'd be up and down the stairs out to Loki's poop spot. And then back to the house, and then back to if the If you don't go spot. to the office that day, you would make your way to work. How depressing! <laughs> yeah. You're dead, and you're still going to do work things. Yeah. As they're approaching the mall, they're asking typical questions. How is the power on? Nuclear power is probably how the mall is being powered up, because power is out everywhere, it seems like. There's no food, there's no water, there's no radio. So obviously the mall is a good solution to all these things, because it's literally a mall. Everything you need. <laughs> you know, it takes them long to actually take advantage though did you feel that do you mean like the pacing of the movie because i understand their plan of having a secure place first and then expanding outward a little bit because they're trying to rid the mall of as much zombies as possible before they go freely get the things they need but they also quickly figure out how to like lower the gates to not have to worry about the zombies why not do that in the meantime there are so many scenes in this movie that i was like did it need to be this long like roger and pete going out to scope the place out and get supplies and they're basically entering one store baiting the zombies upstairs upstairs they fail they run back downstairs and they got to do it all over again and then for some reason steven comes down and is a part of it it was just really long in some parts that did not need to be that long right i guess the focus of the movie is zombies showing them in the mall that's empty and safe is probably not the like meat of this movie right they're first trying to get a scope of the mall steven has proven to be a horrible shot multiple times to the point where peter calls him flyboy or something no he calls him flyboy because of the helicopter oh flying. i thought it was because he was like just letting bullets fly to be fair i also was like why the fuck is he keep calling him flyboy i was like was there a mosquito scene i didn't catch <laughs> <laughs> but it's because of the helicopter francine also has a run-in with the blue zombie which is from oh he, he looks he's... like What's his name? He's the guy with the fake arm in Arrested Development. Buster. Yeah, Buster Bluth. It's yeah. this character that's he does almost eating like Francine. The group finds her just in time and gets rid of him. They are locked up again upstairs in the attic of the mall. They are eating spam. Peter is asking why Francine looks so shaken up after... That encounter, Steven tells him, well, she's four months pregnant. We get this awkward conversation where Pete's like, does she want to abort it? Because I can do it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Just some random <laughs> skills. you say that you from have. experience? Damn. Yeah. Like, are you over here performing some back alley abortions? Like, Or maybe he meant I'll just put a bullet in it. I don't know. You want me to abort her and the baby. <laughs> Look, she didn't need Peter to be aborting this thing. She's smoking and drinking wine the whole fucking time. Okay, movie. yes, because she gets upset <laughs> that they suggest this, but then she's literally smoking a cigarette at the exact same time. <laughs> that baby has, like, a lot of odds against it. Not only is it going to be born in the zombie apocalypse, it's going to have major health issues. I had never seen this movie, but I have seen the 2004. There's a zombie baby born. I think I have heard about that because it was very popular. It was, like, shocking, right? Yeah. Everyone was like, what the fuck? Well, now I kind of want to watch it just that scene it's all the smoking and drinking just so people don't yell at us 
but yell at us because if you're doing that while pregnant, I don't think it's responsible. Yeah, be responsible. If you're pregnant and listening to the show, don't drink our cocktails. Wait Listen till January. for January where we have <laughs> mocktails. Yeah, I was thinking about like if we do ever have children, I'm going to have to have a mocktail oh, for no. like nine months. How boring. And Eric's going to be wasted. <laughs> I'm going to drink for both of us. That'll be the trick. Ooh, that doesn't sound healthy for you either. Sounds like I'm just going to be like blah, 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 blah on the show. Blah, blah. I'm going to edit it to just be you. I know. I'm going to edit it because you're going to be so wasted. Still drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we find out that Francine's pregnant. However, she does go up to them and says, hey, I don't want to be the mother of this group taking care of you guys. Just because I'm pregnant, I don't want you to treat me any different. I need to be included in the decisions and I want to learn how to fly the helicopter. What if something happens to Steven? All very logical, reasonable requests. Good for her. Good for her. I was actually wondering when that was going to happen because I was like, you don't want to call attention to the mall and get more zombies from far away to come because they hear the sound of the helicopter. Peter's like, yeah, we can lock the zombies out all day. They're not the ones that we're going to have to worry about if people show up here. So now we're at the part with the trucks. This doesn't make sense to me that they have Steven like have an aerial view without them being able to communicate. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. Like, why is he not able to radio? They have radios. Why they, doesn't they have he... walkies? Yeah. yeah. There was also probably a lot of confidence in that these are slow zombies. Roger is a loose cannon the whole way because he's like yes. too confident. Yeah, he's 100% confident at this point that he can outrun them, easily take them down. That's what gets him bit quite a few times. He has so, so many close calls. And, I, and again, I think that's why the pacing of this movie is interesting because it fakes you out like, oh, Roger's going to get bit. Just kidding. Oh, Roger's going to get bit. Just kidding. Yeah. But no, really, he got bit. <laughs> and that took up like 20 minutes. <laughs> when Peter starts to notice, hey, you need to calm down. You're not just playing with your life here. You're playing with mine. Roger doesn't really ever seem to recover from this state of mind could that be because he's bitten and he's ill because we do see scenes of him having to have morphine and things like that or was it just he was already that kind of crazy loose cannon he doesn't give that vibe up until a certain point in the film yeah like he seems all there working together with peter pretty well suddenly roger is crazy they're all trapped in that little hideout. You start to get cabin fever. Your mind's all out there because you're in isolation. He was the one who got the worst of it. Steven and Francine have each other. Peter maybe is just more strong-minded. And Roger was just the weaker of the four. Yeah, I would definitely say Peter is the more logical of all of them. Francine too. I kind of see why they're the ones that survive in the end. I think Steven has like this weird, I have to prove myself to the other men complex that mm. gets him in trouble. Roger is just too confident, like you said, and it's like nothing can hurt me. Gets bitten horribly <laughs> right after that. After Roger's bitten, they make their way back into the mall and stock up on ammo like crazy. They go Rambo, Rambo style, Everybody's yes. got guns on them. And the bullets strung across their chest. Using that ammo, they shoot off the rest of the zombies that are still inside the building since now the exits are sealed off. They collect all the bodies and they now have free range of the entire mall. They're starting to talk about how Roger's doing. I thought it was cool that these zombies are not like what you see typically in others. You got bit, you're infected almost immediately. Immediately, right? yes. Is that a standard? Part of the reason I think that way is because of 28 Days Later is that you got 10 to 20 seconds. But then I feel like some films play with how long it really takes. I do remember in Romero's 
Night of the Living Dead, when the little girl is bitten, it takes almost the entire day for her to change. Same thing kind of happens with Roger, but then Stephen changes within a couple hours. It's also based on how fatal your wounds are. If let's mm. say you bleed out, Stephen got bit a ton. Maybe he bled out faster. After Roger got bit up, Francine bandaged him up and took care of him I was him for giving a while. him morphine. Also, like, how does... She just know how to administer morphine and give shots and give haircuts. <laughs> She's just like talented in all aspects. <laughs> the only thing she didn't know how to do was helicopters and shoot guns. And now she no, she like did the... because they gave her a gun. They didn't really tell her much about it. And she was able to aim at one of the zombies that was biting Roger when Steven literally could not shoot a zombie right in front of him. Right after this, though, is when we get the montage of them doing all those things in the mall. They go to the bank to take a picture because they're like, ah, we're robbing the bank. They play arcade games try on clothes malls i don't think are like this anymore because i don't know of any mall that has all these shops in it no all the malls i know are like either closing down or a wasteland yes after they're done having a grand old time at the mall they're sitting there talking peter talks a story about how his grandfather was a voodoo priest who mentions that when there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth which is the iconic line of this film apparently romero thought of this while drinking one day there's some pretty deep lines in this movie it becomes clear that roger is not going to survive he's looking pretty ill Basically, Pete sits with Roger as he dies and Roger tells him, I will try not to come back as one of them. I will try really hard, which is sad. Yeah. And of course he does and Pete's there waiting. While this is going on, Francine and Steve are watching what looks like a drunken debate because the broadcasters <laughs> don't know what to do anymore. They're just drinking straight out of bottles too. They are. <laughs> Where do you get these bottles? <laughs> you just had them at work, okay? I love how the scientist is like, look, I got I got the key to survival, everyone. Listen, look, listen, look, look, listen. Look. You ever read listen. the book Tender is the Flesh? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. <laughs> you should have a podcast. Yeah. As that drunken podcast is going on, <laughs> we hear the gunshot letting us know that Pete has shot Roger. That's pretty much signifying this other chapter where they're just stuck inside the mall. Things aren't so happy anymore. I even wrote down that Peter's just third willing now. He helps Stephen and Francine do this like romantic dinner date even dresses up for the occasion and pours them wine but he's kind of like well what am i doing here now yeah he just chugs champagne afterwards during that romantic date scene steven gives francine a ring he doesn't ask her like will you marry me he just gives it to her and she's like no this isn't real and i'm like you are already pregnant ma'am <laughs> that is as real as it gets judgy judgy there are people who could get pregnant without getting married but her saying it's not real. That's true. I, I don't understand. If anything, Ma those moments are more real when you have nothing else. It's because <laughs> she can't stunt on her friends that she got that diamond. So she it's not real. She should have taken that ring that Roger was wearing. You saw that giant fucking jewel that he had in his hand? Did you see it? He kept tapping the glass with it. And I was like, yes. did he steal that? Or did he always have I think they did. That? They did take that. Okay, because the thing was massive. <laughs> My thing was, she's like, it's not real because you could have just gone and picked whichever one you wanted. You didn't actually <laughs> buy it. And you still got the wrong one. <laughs> still got the smallest one. It wasn't six months salary. Three months salary. Is it? Oh, fuck. Well, he's rich, so he's got six months salary what i'm saying is that it's got to be proportional to the amount of money you make yes or <laughs> not making what you can steal in the mall 
We get another scene of what we called quarantine life. Did they like set up a fake apartment? They in did. That, in that hideout place? They brought furniture and shit upstairs? They brought a mattress. Upstairs through the ceiling? I mean, you got nothing but time. You're going to make it work. They hid the oh, stairway, right, remember? Right, right. They like sealed it up so that all they had to do was just climb in and out through the ladder. They maybe, had, like, a bunch maybe of stuff. for that day that they were doing renovations, they opened it up. Oh, that's true. There's no zombies in there, so they could do whatever they want. Yes, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Steven does end up showing Francine how to fly the helicopter and this is when Savini's character who we later find out is a biker spots them through some binoculars and they're like oh should we take care of them today and they're like no let's do it tonight they start to hear some broadcast through the radio and it's this biker gang who is communicating with them from outside and says hey there's like just three of us come on let us in share the wealth Peter is saying like nah shut up because Francine seems to want to respond the bikers get impatient and are like fuck it we're coming in anyway and they get on all their motorcycles apparently this biker gang was like an actual biker group Romero I was reading was like yeah I don't know who even called them but they just showed up and were there ready to film they easily dispatch of all the zombies Peter and the group see them from the roof and are like so much for three of them Peter seems to kind of think well they're just here to trash the mall they're not going to come after us if we leave them alone. I disagree. They saw the helicopter. They're going to come right. look for them if they had made it that far. Because they, they would have had to figure out the fake stairs situation. But they really are just wreaking havoc for like the last 30 minutes of this movie. <laughs> Pies to the face. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it is comedic. Like I could see some elements of it inspiring Shaun of the Dead, but not like totally. There is a moment where Steven being his weird macho self has to be like, no, this place is ours and start shooting at the biker gang kind of gives away that they're there i think it's just so many like random kills seems like only a few of the bikers actually realize that they're getting shot at in all the chaos because i imagine that many motorcycles in the mall in such an enclosed space is loud as hell oh yeah the motorcycles are choppers they're not crotch rockets they're that's what you, that's what you call it, like the sports bikes a vibrator yeah <laughs> Oh, you mean your hair curler that I always walk in and I'm like, what is this Stop. doing here? <laughs> that's no. <laughs> yes. No, because like, I think that's a scene in, is it Sleepaway Camp? Yes. With the curling iron? One of the iron? kills, yeah. Ugh, yeah. But I'm I saying it doesn't that. look like that. <laughs> it looks like a curling iron. It does not. Sir. I don't use curling irons, gay. Clearly. It's just long and silver and has a handle and I'm like, oh. It's is huge. That, is that kind of day to day? Yeah, I know. I'm like, wow. <laughs> but all those motorcycles in that mall, in such an enclosed space, it seems like some of them know, others don't. Savini definitely knows. Peter runs upstairs into the ceiling and starts to shoot at them from the vents. Steven gets shot in the shoulder. He went to also down. hide in the elevator shaft, but some of the bikers followed him in there and shot up at him. I find like few things as scary as being trapped in an elevator shaft, not an actual elevator, because you always see about how those things start to move and you're just like crushed and smashed to death. So he's in that part. He's not able to climb up to Pete, who was calling for him. On the topic of scary elevator shafts, so you know those ropes, those like tension cables that hold the elevator up? Did you a long time ago ever see those reports of that? It's like a giant drop type ride. The person was on the giant drop ride because those are also held by those types of tension cables. The ropes ripped and so the ride fell, but the rope, because there's so much tension on it, it just slashed out and it cut this guy's legs off while it was falling. Oh. Oh, I hate that so much. Yeah. I didn't want to know that story. <laughs> Thank you. Poor guy. I always think of that when I get on those rides too. <laughs> like I'm on it thinking like, ooh, this could end badly. 
<laughs> I already don't like rides, and you're telling me that story. We also get a reference where they use the Z word. Yeah. That wasn't just a joke, like in Shaun of the Dead. The Z word. The Z word. Mm-hmm. Which biker is the one that gets torn apart? David style. It's not Savini, right? No, Savini gets shot by Peter and falls into the fountain. The one that gets ripped up, it's in the middle of the chaos too. He's not really one of the main ones. Was it the guy that was on the sidecar of the motorcycle? Possibly. He gets shot off and then ripped up and they eat all his intestines. It's the only really gruesome, full-on pulling apart, rip chest up kind of scene that we get in this whole movie. I believe so. Again, there are some scenes that are gory. I think it's cool how with this being practical effects, it looks realistic you good you seem like you're closing out shop lights are turning off i'm gonna sleep right here which reminds me the lights turn off in the mall and so then where were these segues earlier (laughs) (laughs) i don't think we explained what finishes happening to steven were lights already off when he gets bit he is trying to continue to climb up the elevator shaft and because he's so weak from having been shot in the shoulder, he falls down, fights off some zombies, and then ends I up getting... I think he gets pulled down by zombies. Somehow he does fight them out of the elevator, shooting at them, but it's already too late. We realize that Steven is now a zombie because the elevator door opens. The zombies were headed into the elevator thinking that someone was going to come out and they're like, oh, it's just you. It's one of us. <laughs> Wrap it up, guys. Going back to the muscle memory yeah. motor skills thing. Steven starts to walk back to where the hideout was. Zombie Steven. Peter is already in the stairway waiting. Where's Francine then? In the hideout area. Peter's there with her. She's like, I'm leaving. It's been hours. And he's like, I heard gunshots. He still might be alive. Peter kind of wants to hold out for it. But Francine's pretty much accepted that Steven's dead. So this is where it's confusing because she says that at first. And then the next scene is her just literally saying, it's been hours. Let's go. So it's like. This happens immediately. There's yes, no but hours. she says it's oh, been she? hours. That's why it's confusing. Oh, I didn't catch her saying that. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise it looks like it happens in like. Seconds. One yeah. minute. But no, her and Peter have been there for like a while now. And that's when he starts making his way up with the rest of the zombies. Okay. Oh, so maybe it had been hours since however long it took him to do that. To trans- <laughs> Transform, yes. Transform. Transformers, zombies in disguise. <laughs> or not in disguise. Yeah. The whole time I was like, maybe Stevens is like faking it. No, it's the muscle memory. <laughs> we get this super sad. I call everything super sad. You do. I'm just emotional. Okay? Yeah. You've got feelings. You always say it. I always have feelings. I also say super sad when I'm like laughing. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. <Tear>. For you. <laughs> I'm the one actually crying. You're <laughs> You said I didn't have any emotions earlier in the episode. No, you were just staring at me. I was waiting for you to finish. Here are these fun facts. I'm trying to like make you smile and you shit. Didn't get You're to just the straight end up yet. mean mugging me. Always mean. Do these fun facts anger you? They are not fun enough. <laughs> Man, we've been trying to get to the end of this movie for like the last 20 minutes, similar to this movie. <laughs> but the super sad scene. Super, super sad. sad. Super sad Peter. Super sad Peter is like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Fucking go. Just go. Take your baby and leave. Take <laughs> get your... your shit and get out. <laughs> and Francine does not fight with him nearly long enough. She just, Kate. She's like, okay, thanks, bye. And Well, he just shot Steven. Zombie Steven. Too. Yeah. He holds up in a room with a very small gun as the zombies are making their way towards him and she's able to escape to the roof to the helicopter. Shouldn't have been that small of a gun. You know what I was thinking about while I saw that? was have you heard of those failed attempts unaliving unaliving yourself where if the gun is too weak or too small 
you end up like just paralyzing yourself because like the damage isn't enough to Which just is kill worse, yourself. Yeah, I've seen stories like that. Or yeah. yeah, I don't like to talk about real life horror. Let's just get back to zombies. I'm just saying I wouldn't have gone with the small. He had the giant gun in the room. Might yeah. as well have just like done that. Actually, there was a movie we were watching. Oh, maybe we should have mentioned this in creepy content. But um, hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. <laughs> oh yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> there was an instance where they're shooting each other with shotguns. And I was like, they would have died because don't shotguns, the way they Scatter. work is they like go in multiple directions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't talk about When was that? Buzz. When was the shotgun fight? In the pub. At the end? Where they just put the wooden table and they're using shotguns directly at them. Like, I don't think the wooden table would protect you that much. No, well, it's clearly we it's a joke. But... Yeah, because I was going to say that the bullets are going through it, but I don't think the movie's like that you should bring logic into play. <laughs> no, clearly not. That movie was <laughs> ridiculous. It was great. It's like though. a gunfight with a bunch of old people. The whole And it's so <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> wow, we need to finish the last three minutes of this movie. Pete's holed up with the small gun in the room. Francine's getting ready to take off, but she waits to see if Peter comes back and changes his mind. Peter the... does change his mind. Hold on, the zombie with the gun is still walking around so we didn't mention this but roger loses a gun to one of the zombies and the zombie is like staring down the barrel all the zombies are trying to get in they're smashing at the window but this zombie grabs the gun and just walks away with it he's like this is all i wanted yeah (laughs) Yeah. pete's there contemplating unaliving himself and i guess his fight or flight kicks in and he chooses fight francine's decided like he's not coming i gotta go just in the nick of time to see him make his way up the stairs. This is where he has the fight with the dude that already has one gun, but sees his gun and wants that one instead. <laughs> so he just gives it to him and he drops the other one. <laughs> well, because the one that he handed off to him was a machine gun. The other one's like one of those single shot old rifles. You know, you prefer the classics, I guess. <laughs> Pete does make his way into the helicopter and they start taking off. He basically asks her, how much gas do we have left? And she's like, not a lot. He's like, Okay. <laughs> cool, we'll see where we get. And the final scene is them flying off. It is the dawn, flying off into the dawn. Francine leaving by herself. Would not have been a good idea. No, she's pregnant. Who's going to deliver this baby? That's what I said. You're the only person I know. You mentioned she might run into more people who are like the bikers. Or the racist SWAT dude from earlier. Yes. Obviously, she can handle herself, but... You know, people are shitty. And it's the apocalypse. Still good? You liked it? First time? You see it? Yeah, there's things I like about it. I don't appreciate the pacing of it. There's... Two hours definitely is too much. And there were longer versions of what we saw. Oh, yeah. We kept finding two hours and 40 minute ones. I don't know. There was a lot of focus on mundane things, close-ups on certain things that I was like, I don't personally feel like it adds to the movie. A movie snob could tell me otherwise and be like, <laughs> it's part of it. But rating-wise, for pacing... I want to give it like a 6.5. No, it's definitely way too long. I'd give it a 6. It's, I mean, it's a fun movie. It was good. Like, I feel like you hear that rating and you're like, oh, that's kind of low. And you're like, no, it was good. It was just definitely way longer than it needed to be. Yeah. But, you know, movies will do this just to capture the essence of, well, this is what they did the whole time. But sometimes you lose your audience. But then think about times where movies are like, oh, it was too quick or things didn't make sense because they kind of just breezed past certain things. There's never a happy medium. I guess that depends on how much you enjoy the movie. Because if you like actually liked it, you're like, I need more. If you're like, it was all right. I could do with less of it. I definitely would have liked for them to leave the mall. 
They were in one location the entire time. This wouldn't have happened for regular people either. They just happen to be SWAT people who know how to do this. Fly stuff a helicopter too. And, yeah, I think they would have died. Oh yeah, right way away. sooner. Yeah. Especially with the way that Steven <laughs> was fighting off zombies. Who knows? Let's find out what would have happened had they gone to the limousine. They've just been like cooling in their partying. limo, just partying it up. You ever seen the movie 2012 with John Cusack? I don't. Where so. he's a limo driver. The world is literally exploding around the limousine and he's surviving the drive. <laughs> Buildings are collapsing behind and on top and over the limousine. This sounds like an awful movie. What I'm saying is this should have been the alternative cut <laughs> of Dawn of the Dead I'm where Steven and Francine go to their limo. Well, I don't think the motorcycle scared Loki that much. The gunshots did. I think it's just all the loud sounds all at once. But he didn't really get scared. He just was like, what is happening? What is that? I think since it's in a mall, the sounds are amplified. Because usually we've seen so many movies with gunshots that he's like, meh. Yeah. I feel like he gets spooked by random humming and buzzing sounds. Anything that makes the speaker vibrate he is what like... makes him kind of edgy. You want to tell us about it, Loke? Sounds good. I'm telling you, he was like more fascinated by Aussie Man reviews. That bunny with the two horses. He was. <laughs> he'll watch TV for like a couple seconds, but he was watching the entire YouTube video because there was horses and bunnies and it. dogs and stuff. Yeah. There was that dog playing Jenga. Wow. Impressive. And the one playing volleyball. Wow. Yeah. He just kind of looked at that. He was like, whatever. I could do that. But <laughs> one day. So is that pretty much it for us here? I think so. I'm ready to go to sleep. Me too. I hope we didn't put you to sleep, though. Keep listening. Don't stop. As always, we hope you guys had a good time here with us. You can follow us pretty much anywhere at Shaken Not Scared Pod, except Twitter. Twitter is Shaken Scared Pod. You can send us an email at shakennotscaredpod at gmail.com. You can support the show on Patreon. We'll name our next drink after you with mentions on our website where the drink page will live forever. You can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting sites, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, a bunch of others. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. Throw Loki a treat. Like, rate, review us. And okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.